Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. This is Hellwolf of Black Knife sending a big congrats to the Metal Forge on 100 fucking kick-ass episodes. Fuck yeah. Yeah! What's up? This is Mick Watkins, bassist to Wild Ride, and I would like to congratulate Mark Jackson and the Metal Forge podcast on 100 titillating, orgasmic, rocking episodes. Keep up the good work, Mark. You kick ass. Whoa, yeah! Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What's going on, Metalheads? It is the Metal Forge and I'm your host, Mark Jackson. And it's Friday, December the 25th. It's Christmas time. Yeah, hey, what the fuck, you know? How y'all doing? I hope y'all are having a great holiday, no matter what your faith is. As for me, I'm doing all right. So far, so good. So what? No, not really. 100th episode today. Holy shit, what an amazing ride it's been. You know, starting out at the the radio station, doing all local bands, and I love all of the people that I had on the show. So cool to have a 2019 that way, and then switch over and switch gears to the Metal Forge's podcast and being able to feature bands all over the world. And I have went all over the world. We went to Africa. We've went to the United Kingdom. We've went to Canada. We've went to the United States, you know, in various states and cities in the United States also. And my goal for 2021 with that is getting more places, more United Kingdom countries, uh, more European countries. I have some friends in a, in a band in Australia that hopefully we can talk to them and get them on the show next year. As it's planned out right now, I have about 30 bands for 2021, so a little over half the year. Holy shit, that's a big deal. Like, we're rocking, we're rolling, we're meddling the fuck out. And it's all because of you people who listen week in, week out, who send me the suggestions, who support the show in in that way, in any way you can. And I love you guys for that. It's the best uh, gift I've got for uh, Christmas this year is your all support. And thank you all so much for that. But somebody said to me the other day, it's like, hey, after all of the stuff that you've listened to and all the bands that you've had on the show this year, what's your, you know, your top 10 of 2020? And I have to sit seriously sit down and think about it. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's like, there's so many good albums that came out this year. You know, between like Mind Freeze by Haunt, Vanek 3, the uh, Ear Hammer Sessions, and uh, the Chain Gang EP from War Cloud. The Vulture's Amulet by Lady Beast, Opulent Decay by Spell. You know, the, the great 
things that Underking has put out continuously all year. You know, you've got legendary stuff. You've got the Torment of Giants uh, album, Luger's Cosmic Horror, uh, Computer Warrior by Oath, you know, uh, Magic and Mischief by Spellbook. And it's like the list keeps going on and on and on. And Hellripper, oh my God, The Affair of the Poisons. What? I can't even like say, fuck, man. I can't even begin to put that in a top 10 you know because there's so many awesome albums that have come out this year and eps and releases and so on and so forth you know pretty much everybody i've had on the show has released something and it, <laughs> and that's going to be one of those things where it's like you know like there's been 51 episodes this year and pretty much everybody has released something so it's going to be all tied for number one because they're all fucking awesome <laughs> which is a cop-out but I'm going to work on that for the January 1st episode. So next week's episode, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and narrow down some 2020 releases, like a year-in-review type part. And in 2021, we're going to change gears a little bit. We're going to feature more things. We're going to try and do better features, better interviews, and possibly a YouTube channel, which I do have the, the YouTube channel. It's Metal Forge Radio. I haven't put anything on there, but... In 2021, you might be seeing some actual video interview uh, for in-person interviews. Might be trying to do like a Skype recording thing or a Zoom recording deal. We're going to see how that's going to go. Because, you know, when it was on the CHQ page, we, uh, we did video as well as the audio part of it. Which is totally badass and cool. But this has always been a... A, a podcast, a talking thing, which I, I'm, I'm super comfortable with. Even in the interviews where I've done in video, we've all kind of just had our video muted and just recorded audio. Like a few weeks back, that was the uh, one of the episodes, I think it was the Spellbook episode that we did that with, or somebody, somebody uh, Hrom maybe. We did a, an audio-only video conference, <laughs> which is kind of weird. But I'm rambling at this point, you know, but I digress. Is uh, Jim Cornette would say, if you ever, if anybody listens to his podcast, I know Wrestling Steve does. So that was for him because he, he's cool too, you know. Oh yeah, here's another cool thing that I need to mention really fast. I created a Spotify playlist for the Metal Forge. Not of the shows, but of the bands who have been on the show. There's Venom Inc., there's Spell, there's Municipal Waste and Bat and Overload and the Deacons of Doom, people who have been on the show over the last two years or 100 episodes, they're on there. You can look below. There is a link. Click it, subscribe to it, and that's another thing I want to be doing in 2021 is doing a little bit more Spotify promotion where I'm going to be putting out playlists. And once I do a new one, I want to put a link up. We'll see what we can do with it. And make your suggestions as well. But anyways, 2021, look for some new awesome stuff. And also, we're going to be doing some more giveaways on the Metal Forge. We're going to be doing some, we're going to be doing some prize packages, I think. And so I know I talked about doing those this year, but with COVID and everything else, I really didn't feel comfortable you know, asking a band to sit there and be like, hey, man, can you donate a couple of albums to, to give away on the show? Because I would much rather you all purchase that and support these people who have not been able to play these shows. And I think you all would agree with me on that. But anyways, yes, we're going to be doing some giveaways. And I think my first giveaway is going to be in January. So check out next week's episode. I've got a pretty big guest planned for that. Super fucking awesome. And we're going back to Scotland for it. Which is even cooler because, hey, fucking awesome people coming on the show next week. But I do want to mention this as well. You might be hearing some other guests come on the show today other than the interviewees of Sabre. Because, hey, this is the 100th episode. And what what wouldn't it be if, you know, some friends came on and said something about it? So check their pages out, too, as well as Sabres. Links are going to be in the description below, as always, to the contribution to the Metal Forge page and all of the bands that are on the shows, always. Like Saber, you know, if you go to the Hrom episode and the Locust Died episode, their links are on there. Make sure you go to their Bandcamp pages and support, because that is what matters, especially if they have a Bandcamp page, which pretty much all of these artists that have been on the show do, because they're all independent artists. And that means so much. 
like you would not believe how much it means because Bandcamp it ensures that the artist gets what is due to them. Not like some major record label thing where, you know, you buy a $15 CD and the band sees a mechanical royalty from it of like nine cents a song. You know, that, that fucking sucks. But anyway, again, I digress. And as 2020 comes to an end, I do need to thank the sponsors one last time this year because they've all been fucking awesome. Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Tattoo Charlie's, Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards, The Wrestling Steve Show, UKR Patcher, Imagination Studios 502, and the 21st Amendment Tavern in Germantown for the currently on hiatus Metal Forge Live shows. Super fucking cool people. Go check out their establishments, you know, and as I said a few weeks ago, uh, go... Buy a gift card to Mom's Music or Maxwell's House of Music. Go buy a Tattoo Charlie's gift card. Go get something to eat at 21st Amendment in Germantown. Listen to the Metal Forge and the Wrestling Steve Show and the Womp Rat Podcast from uh, Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards. So go get your pedal boards. Go get your guitars and basses, drums, whatever you need. Then go get a tattoo and then go get some food or beer afterwards and get some patches and shirts made and stuff like that because they help more than you know thank you to the patreon uh, donors as well so much is done with their help and of course you know there's always contribution links in the uh, description below so if you feel like you want to there's the link i'm not pushing it on you but yeah as wrestling steve says on his show go leave a review that's the thing that matters the most that and sharing it to your friends so let's get into it right now and thank you all for listening to the hundredth episode of the metal forge here's to a hundred more Stay tuned, because we're not fucking going anywhere. We're the fucking one and only Metal Forge, no matter what somebody else is saying. And we are going to rock out every Friday. And hopefully some other days, too. Because, you know, fuck. Why not, right? As long as I can put out great content for you guys, that's all that matters. And I thank you all. Anyways, this is Strike of the Witch by Saber. Oh!
Metalheads, I'm being joined on the line right now from Los Angeles, California with Saber. I have Steve and Joel on the line. Guys, how you doing today? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Dude, I am great. Thank you all for, you know, doing this on Christmas Day. That's how we do it here at the Metal Forge. We, we're 24-7, 365, all, all out balls to the wall, which metal should be, right? I am always ready. Hell yeah. Tell everybody out there in Metal Forge land about Saber. Well, let's see. What is there to know about Saber? Um, band started, I think, about two years ago. Like, memory serves me right. <laughs> um, it was just an idea from what spawned out of me and Steven, because we were both in different bands. I was in Ramit, and he was in a band called Lethal Night. He just came up to me and asked if I was interested in starting a different project, you know, something, just something different. We just kind of sat down and talked about it, and ideas came up and basically ended up leading up to what it is today. Right on. Which this whole new wave of traditional heavy metal has really lit fire under the last few years. Definitely, yeah, it really has. There's like so many like you know bands across the world that are like you know doing this type of genre, and it's it's kind of all, it's basically almost making a comeback in the in the scene. Definitely, it is. It's whereas a few years ago, well, I say a few, meaning like. 10 to 15 years ago, thrash metal made made a big comeback with bands like Avenged Sevenfold and people like that. And then all of a sudden now, this, where it's they say it's traditional, I think it's more along the line of it's a big conglomeration of different types of metal because you can have black thrash, you can have thrash influence, you can have power influence, and they're not entirely the same band. Yeah, that's true. There's so many crossovers, and the thing about music is just you can literally put whatever comes to mind. There's no restrictions to writing music. Absolutely. Which, you know, if being a being a fan of, like, Rush, Rush has written some really heavy lyrically-themed songs and some fairly heavy musically-themed uh, songs as well. And I think that's something that's happening in today's metal scene. Yeah, totally. Um, for bands like that, I would, I'm a big fan of Visigoth. So they, um, they're, um, I get the, the little progressive side they have, almost like Rush, where their songs, um, they're a little longer than, um, traditional, like rock songs, which are like three or four minutes, but every riff and every melody that comes out of those songs are just amazing. Definitely. And hopefully, you know, some of those members are listening to this show because I'd love to have them on in, uh, 2021. So shout, out, so too. That'd shout be awesome. out to those guys and, uh, and in Eternal Champion. I'd love to have them too. <laughs> really good record this year they came out with. Oh, absolutely. You have a new album coming out. It's going to be up for pre-order for physical copy and digital on January the 1st, hopefully. And yeah. the name of that is Without Warning. That's correct. All right. So tell us about that. Well, I think about a year ago, right before COVID hit, we were starting talks about writing an entire album because we had the single already out and we, we wanted to do more. We wanted to push ourselves. We wanted to get it done that year, which 2020, you know, we sat down, we talked about it. We're like, all right, we have a couple of ideas. We have riffs. We just need to sit down and write them out. We talked to Trevor about it too. And he said, if you guys want to get it done, then you got to get to work. It has to be done within the next couple of months because we were talking about this. I think early February, mid-February of 2020, we, we, we rehearsed all of March right before COVID hit. And once COVID hit, it, we just we were just stunned. We know we were just like, what are we going to do? Because we couldn't find a place to, to rehearse. Members didn't want to meet up because they were so scared. It was almost like if they were in hysteria, just like catching the virus. Right. So we had to, yeah, yeah, we had to work remotely. You know, we all got interfaces, computers, stuff to record demo tracks. Anything we can do just to put our ideas out so we can hear them instead of just waiting for a miracle so we can all meet up. You know, we try to find little little um, cheats or, you know, whatever we can make up to write the songs. And eventually they were written just like, I think around June, June, July, all the songs were done. We spoke with Trevor. We were setting up a schedule so when we can head over to go record. If I remember clearly, we went 
towards the end of October to record that record. Oh, wow. That's got to be a trip for a band who is so used to playing in the same room together, rehearsing and writing together, to just all of a sudden be like another band that is... Let me let me rephrase. There are tons of bands that come on the show that have members all over the, the world. And then yeah. there's a lot of the bands that come on the show that are just like any local band, where they have all of their members in the same centralized area. I couldn't imagine exactly. how hard it would be to go from being in a centralized located band where you're all practicing and writing together all the time to pretty much this other entity where you're not getting together, but you're still trying to be productive. It's almost as if, you know, not being able to see each other, you're almost on in different countries for the most part. I congratulate the, the bands that have members across the globe. I have no idea how they do it. So personally speaking, I am one of those people that loves working and interacting physically with the person there because ideas just flow in the moment way better, you know, than waiting like a couple hours for somebody to log in somewhere online to hear like a demo track and then play over it or learn it or whatever. Definitely. It was a struggle at first. It really was. We, we were getting frustrated at each other. You know, things were being said. But at the end of the day, we all just ended up, we, we, we knew we had a goal and we had to get there no matter what. Absolutely. With working with Trevor on this, did you all record at his studio? Yes. Yeah, yeah we all, um, <clears throat> right before we were going to head down, um, we, we, got, we all got COVID tested. And like prior to like a week, or two before we were planning to head down to the studio just to you know just to make sure like everyone is like clean and safe and absolutely yeah and like you know like we we just all headed down we met up you know around that you know obviously like around like that time like you know things started kind of opening back up around here and you know we were kind of like you know as far as like giving ideas out like digitally and like online like you know we were kind of like meeting up like i was like personally like you know meeting up with um joel here to do my vocals on like you know just like in his room and stuff just to like you know do the pre-production part of like the album and then as soon as we had all that set down set and stoned like we started like you know planning out this exact like date to do the full record and like we record everything and just set it out definitely and you know i really love doing pre-production work because i love seeing the evolution of a song so yeah you could yeah you could say that again man <laughs> Yeah, and you find out, like, well, you know, this transition doesn't really work, but you get, like to say, you get to, to pick it apart, and I think doing that, you don't have to necessarily pick it apart as much after it is, air quotes here, finished, because you've already done that through so much pre-production. Yeah, Trevor was a huge part in our pre-production. We had the songs written, and like I said, since we were working remotely, it was kind of hard to structure the songs as well as we wanted to, so we, we send them the files of the demo tracks we had recorded and he listened to them and he was just like guys you guys there's some parts where like songs the song didn't sound right you know a little part was off here there so he had a, he had a, he helped us out a lot on the pre-production getting the song sounding right and honestly if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have gotten this record done at all this year understandable i've heard he is a great producer when it comes to stuff like that because he will let you do what you do and then we'll show you possibly a better way for the future. Oh, yeah. He, he does that tremendously spectacular. It helps also. He is an amazing songwriter. Shout out to Trevor. I love him to death. He's an amazing songwriter, and he has a, a fantastic ear. If something does not fit well, he will tell you. Absolutely. And, yes, definitely shout out to Trevor and Haunt wild, wild, and Beastmaker, all of those bands. Wild smoking food joint. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, that? Always smoking weed. So the <laughs> right. fact that he can, he, he can just, like, function, like, he just stellar, so stellar that, that while high, it just, like, it just <laughs> astonishes me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, seriously, shout out to him. He is such a cool dude. I was glad to to be able to feature him on one of the episodes here a few months back. Uh, check out the archives for that. So definitely just, uh, just, uh, um, also give a shout out to Trevor on, um, you know, he did, he not only helped produce the album, but he was, he drummed on it too. That is true. Awesome. And you know, I was actually going to ask that because I did notice on your, um, metal archive page that there is no drummer listed. And I was just like, well, that's not entirely uncommon, but it seems like he's done this for other people as well. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I can't remember the other band he, he played uh, drums for. I, I know he not. did for Oath. Oath. For Oath, yeah, it was for Oath. Yeah. I was thinking of Tantivy, but he didn't. He just um, produced it. 
their stuff. I'm seeing shout the out to, uh, shout out to Oath, man. Oh yeah, Steven is great. Uh, he was here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, super cool dude. Uh, that was that's always fun to be able to talk to somebody on the show outside of the United States. Oh yeah, super, super talented musician as well. Oh, extremely, extremely talented. All right, we're gonna take a real quick break and we're gonna come back with more saber here at the Metal Forge. Hey, hey, headbangers. It's Ed, the former Lunch Break Live host on WCHQ, as well as the former uh, audio engineer on the Metal Forge. And uh, guys, we had so much fun bringing the Metal Forge to the airways of WCHQ. And uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the Metal Forge in its brand new format as a podcast. Uh, I miss working with Mark, who was a great mix between Ricky Reckman and Chris Farley. We had so much fun together on the Metal Forge. It was a great show. And I hope you guys are doing well in the pandemic year of 2020. We're holding it down, and you should too. Keep banging. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. This is Bryce Van Hoosen from Silver Talon. Just want to say massive congrats to the Metal Forge on 100 episodes. So, the new album, are we going to have yeah. CD, obviously, digital, obviously, vinyl? So, we were planning to have CDs, tapes, vinyl, shirts, like, you know, we're trying to get, we've been planning, after the album was complete, like, when we, when we finished that last week of October, we, I was um, in talks with Trevor, trying to, like, negotiate of, like, what we're going to get as far as merchandise goes, and how long the manufacturing was going to take, so, this one's kind of, a, this one's a little bit of a ear breaker, because we had everything set, but then recently, um, about probably towards the end of last month, he hits me up and he tells me that the manufacturer for vinyl is having a very limited of resources, like worldwide. And, you know, like we're not the only band that's like trying to get vinyl right now. Like it's literally everywhere. Like we're like vinyl is just out of the question right now as far right. as like being created. Right. I pre-ordered so, one from somebody else and they said that it was going to be like May before the vinyl was out yeah so we're just like damn you know like kind of like you know because like we're we want we were aiming to get vinyl mostly uh, out of anything you know because like you know we know that you know we're all vinyl collectors here and you know that's a big thing that people like to get rather than cds and tapes so we were just you know he was just trying to like see whether or not if we can possibly like you know still get them but like you know set a pre-order date but you know we just have to let the fans know that it's going to take a little bit longer so you know we were in talks with that so after that after planning that out like you know we have to do another plan and then second and then the second plan got shut down because he he ended up getting audited oh wow right now, yeah right now he's actually still going through that right now yeah it literally just happened like about not even like two weeks ago like just like recently and kind of gave me a phone call telling me like hey like i'm not sure if i'm gonna be able to do your release dude because of you know what's going on i'm just like oh shit so luckily enough you know time kind of went by we were kind of stressing out because we were kind of like you know fuck like we had all planned out we planned everything out to have it out by the end of this year in the pre-order and everything like that and you know everything was just kind of like fuck like you know we were like dodging traffic basically with like with what we were trying to fucking establish so luckily enough he's in a better spot he's gonna be able to get us tapes cds as far as i know right now and you know obviously t-shirts but for vinyl we're gonna have to wait with that Definitely. It's understandable because there have been pretty much every guest on the show this year has released something and every one of those people have released something on vinyl. It has been so crazy with just that. You know, we, where I live, we have a small local company that will press limited run vinyl, like something like nothing more than like 200 copies or 300 copies, right? And they're always eight to nine months behind. Wow. Because somebody, there's, there's always somebody pressing vinyl on a scheme where it's like, you know, Trevor 
doing vinyl because he does vinyl for everything that he puts out for Haunt and Beastmaker and the bands that he uh, produces and and puts stuff out for as well. So I can only imagine, you know, that's a pretty big deal. And when you've got the world doing it and there's not that many places, it, it could it could definitely be difficult, I'm sure, to, to get it. Yeah, he's expressed, expressed that to us. Really, really well. Well, and that's the thing. I think true fans, I don't think it really matters, honestly, because true fans are going to buy the album on, I always equate this to like the Metallica fandom, because how many times have they released Kill 'em All, Ride the Lightning, Master and Justice? At least 14 times. And I know tons of people that will go out and buy every single copy that comes out, whether it's the 94 remaster, whether it's the 2008 remaster, the giant box set remaster, you know, so true fans, I think, will get behind it no matter what. That's true. So why music for you guys? I mean, what made you go down the path of music? Personally, um, speaking for me, it was just an escape from reality. Any other musician would probably tell you that as well. But honestly, it really is therapeutic to just sit there and listen to music and feel a different emotion other than like pain or suffering, whatever you're going through. But yeah, music, just playing music in general always has me smiling no matter what can be happening. So it, it just seemed so natural for me to just want to be involved in music for the rest of my life, if that's possible. Definitely. But yeah, that's, that's as best as I can put it. <laughs> I can relate to that. Yeah, I mean, I can say the same thing, you know, just vibes overall, man. Like, you know, when you're in an empty room and there's nothing going on, like, you know, like obviously the party starts like when you put on that CD or tape or whatever whatever you're going to listen to music with and it'll just like you know it'll energize the room it'll energize wherever you're at and yeah man i just had like we all i can probably say like i could probably speak for like the rest of the guys that like we have like a deep passion when it comes to like music in general definitely and i think musicians honestly an extremely deep passion for what we create oh yeah of course you know, I've been in the presence of some visual artists where they're just, you know, they get it, they get it out. And once that it, that is out, whatever emotion that it is that they had to work through, it's pretty much done. I, but with music, I think it's one of those things where once, once it's out, it's still there to stay. Even on the visual art, it's still there to stay, but it's like, it, it's like a, um, it like it, it, it recalls everything. Yeah, that's, that's what's beautiful about music because that, uh, personally, I love ballads. So whenever I listen to a ballad, I can almost feel like the, the person writing that song was just going through some, some strong emotion. And you, every time you listen to a, spe- a specific song, you can almost feel that same emotion. Right on. You said the ballad thing and it made me think of, uh, made me think of Exodus. What is it like, uh, 40 years? and still no ballads or something like that because <laughs> that's their their big uh their big claim is they they have no ballads in in anything that they've ever done so <laughs> so i'm looking at the album cover for without warning right now and i've looked at the cover to strike of the witch and i'm assuming just by the look of these these are Pit Forge creations. You would be correct on that. Nice. Actually, um, no, no, actually, for Strike of the Witch. Oh, that's right. We actually had a we ha- we actually had a different artist. Interesting. Um, yeah, she, we had a we had a different uh similar uh, uh similar different art st- um design that we wanted to, that we kind of showed Trevor and we're like uh, like you know we kind of have this idea like you know um like you know would this be pitchable and then he's like hold on i have a you know let me hit up my guy i think it's um can't remember his name exactly but um he's done um he did burst into flame art design he's done like a bunch of haunt designs i believe he even did um i think he did also did luminous eyes as well i can't remember his name but he's the one that did strike of the witch okay he's the he's the guy before daniel uh yeah yeah Because, okay. like, I mean, around that time when we did release Strike of the Witch, we wanted to have another single out. And technically, this single was... Because original, originally, right before we actually even, like, when we recorded Speed Racer, um, we were supposed to have at least, like, a little small demo of, like, three tracks. And Strike of the Witch was one of them, and it was um, basically semi-ready. And we were planning to release it this year, but then, you know, when COVID happened, kind of changed our direction. But me and Joel went to go update the song because it needed vocals and it needed to like 
we needed to re-record guitars. And as soon as we did that, you know, we kind of we kind of kind of just did it on the quick. So he just do that art piece, and like when he, when his guy heard the song, and we're like, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. Like you know, we really dig it. And then before the album, though, we wanted to have um, Pit Forge specifically to do this record because we because we liked the way his style was and and, and he kind of has like that approach of like what our aesthetic is as well you know definitely and with all of the other bands that he's worked with lately they have all had amazing artwork and it's not like it's all the same it's a similar style but i think it fits all of their music which is a big deal for me as a musician and you know, somebody who is in control of the artwork for my thing. You know, I think the the visual has to match the music in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, that's a big plus. The, the artwork is usually what captivates uh, a listener at first because they, they see the cover art and they're just like, that looks awesome. You know, the music must sound awesome, right? Definitely. And my point for that is, and I've, you know, I've said this on the show multiple times before and, and people will already know what I'm going to say, is Molly Hatchet is the is the prime example of why artwork needs to be somewhat uh relevant to the music that's there because they have these awesome Frazetta covers you know and you would think they would be like a power metal band like Iron Maiden or somebody like that but they're southern rock yep <laughs> it really does it really doesn't fit and i always call them a band that they're theft by deception <laughs> <laughs> they they lure these people in thinking that it's going to be this awesome awesome like power metal and you know, you get like like southern rock with a with a real bad draw. <laughs> but I mean, the, a perfect example for when I was a kid, I saw the the cover art for Meatloaf's "Bad Out of Hell," oh. and I thought this is going to be the greatest metal album ever. <laughs> and I put it on, and I was like, "What am I listening to?" Not not to say Meatloaf is not a terrible singer; it's just not my preference of music. Definitely. <laughs> I, I can I can see that because you know it's it's not the same. Uh, another prime example of that is uh, "Hair of the Dog" by Nazareth. Nazareth, uh, yeah, has a has a super metal looking cover. And granted, that's that album has some great songs on it from it, a rock. It really does from a rock standpoint, though, but not from a metal one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're right for sure. <laughs> So I'm looking at the track listing here, and it looks like Speed Racer makes a return on the album. Yes, right. And on. so does Strike of the Witch. Oh, I see that on here now too. <laughs> I was, I was, that was the first one I, I I saw. Awesome. So you've pretty much got that as a single at this point with Strike of the Witch and Speed Racer. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Right on. Speaking of Speed Racer, oh. the the first time it came out, the first single with it, you've got this really cool artwork on there as well. Kind of like this total 80s nostalgia meets back to the future f- flying car. Yeah, you can thank Heavy Defender Studios for that. Definitely. He's actually, the graphic, he's actually one of my... Uh, friends and you know I've known him for a good long time in the LA metal scene and he's do you know he's doing he's doing some good work man yeah I got you know when we first started you know he was uh he created our logo I worked with him on that and he um you know he came up with the very first design of like our our first single so definitely uh yeah a lot of respect for Hugo man absolutely and that speed racer it just screams I know you had a shirt of it but it just screams it needs to be on a shirt. It need, needs oh, to be yeah. like a patch <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it just looks like it would be straight up something that you could see somebody having like a vintage shirt in their collection of. Yeah, we have we have those shirts. Um, we we did a limited run of press shirts for that, and I, I I hate wearing mine just because like I it looks so awesome. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> Definitely. I definitely know what you mean with that. I've been there with that. It's whenever you get a really good design, it's just like you want to just look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've wanted to be that guy where I've, I've got this really awesome design of one that I want to do, but I want to put it as the, the back patch on a battle vest. And I'm just like, but it's my band. <laughs> I, I shouldn't do yeah. that. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> for Uh, sure we know what you mean (laughs) definitely and hey hey it's that time to take another break we're coming back with saber's general question segment here on the 100th episode of the metal forge thank you all for tuning in hey this is the 
members of Rifle congratulate Mark Jackson for the 100th episode of Metal Forge. Rock on, man. We love you. Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. What is up, Metalheads? This is Wrestling Steve from the Wrestling Steve Show. Just want to give a big shout-out to Mark Jackson for hitting 100 episodes on the Metal Forge. That is awesome. Congratulations. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, giving me the support and everything that you do for me uh, and, and, and giving me the courage to do this dumb podcast that I do. look forward to 100 more. Uh, thank you so much for being a friend, and I love you, buddy. Congratulations again. Hi, my name is Rob, and I play drums in Evil Dead. Just wanted to congratulate Mark and the Metal Forge on 100 episodes. Awesome. So let's get into some general questions here. This is about you guys as people, because as 2020 now draws to an end, we've been in this pandemic situation for nine uh, months now, and we don't understand how many people we rely on day to day when you really can't see people. So we're all in this together as people, right? Yeah. I like to ask some general questions because I, I like to connect with people. Okay. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. What is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, man. That's a good question. Also a very tough question to answer. <laughs> Honestly, the best advice I've probably ever gotten was from one of my, my high school government teachers where he just told me, stay true to myself. You know, just don't listen to other people always. If you, you, you only you know what's right for your life. That is awesome advice. Yeah, and I, I try to stick to that every day of my life. I mean, as, as for me, I probably the best advice that I've ever received as you know when I was growing up was you know like if there's if there's any like as far as like following your passion you know like if there's anyone that tells you like how to like you know just live your life and you know if you want to live your life this way then you got to really go you got to really look at the circumstances before you actually do right i think that you know a lot of people don't understand living as a musician or as an artist in general because I don't think they understand how hard of a life it actually can be. Tours falling through, pandemic situations like we've had this this year. Definitely sound advice uh, to look at every aspect of something. The funny thing is about this band, we never got to play our first gig ever. Oh, wow. Be because of this the pandemic. This band has never played live before. Wow. Yeah, we've never played live before. Interesting. <laughs> nah, that's that's had, really interesting. We had shows lined up out of our cancelled and actually we I was in talks with um because really good friends with um Joel and Patrick from this band called Leather Bitch in Oregon and we were planning to actually do like a because they were gonna do like a mini tour down the down from the west coast to where they live and we were actually gonna link up together and like you know play these couple shows because we were all you know we were just fucking excited. They're like you know like uh, we were we're excited for their what they've already like put out and started and you know they were excited for us you know kickstarting our band and we're just like yeah fuck yeah like you know heavy we're two heavy metal bands in the states and like you know like oh let's just let's just get together and you know like play some fucking shows and just fucking you know have a good time but definitely um our little thing is like a very long overview hopefully when the pandemic is over we're gonna try to do something with them still right on and definitely that would be awesome what's the worst concert you've ever attended worst concert I don't think I've had a worst concert. Nice. Yeah, every been has been awesome. I mean, I I mean I I've, I've been to a worst movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> but as far as concerts go, I mean, if you consider like backyard shows in LA bad, um, you know, when cops come and raid them or Ugh. people start fighting, you know, been in multiple of those. So right. Well, that's yeah. good though but, that you like, had. I, as an, that's good that as you had an actual had one. like big band concert. Yeah, I've never never had one. <laughs> nice. I mean, I I kind of like to look ahead before I like <laughs> see one of my like any old artists that are still doing it today, and it's like okay, like I wonder how they're you know I wonder like if they're like actually keeping it up or like you know what's going on here right I was, are they still... gonna, um, I was um actually i was planning on seeing um docking at the rainbow oh no <laughs> wow because i'm a big docking fan i'm a big big docking fan docking and you know my my mom who was also an 80s heavy metal head back in the day you know she showed me like uh, she showed me like records uh, Nail was like one of my first records to listen to growing up and you know i was excited to see docking until like you know, like he's not being able to sing the songs that he used to sing anymore and i'm just like oh man <laughs> so like i kind of just saved my saved my i saved the trip and i wanted to say like okay well i mean he is planning to play the whiskey like next year so if anything i want to see because i heard they were going to like live stream it or whatever and do and you know just whatever they're going to do to like record that concert so i was like okay let me see this so when i did so i was like man <laughs> definitely definitely okay it's kind of one of those things where you know when if you do look ahead and see that you know they're they're having a hard time or you know they just can't deliver like they used to it's it's kind of like that saying you know you shouldn't meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've heard i've heard that so many times yep. but fortunately enough you know every single hero that i've met so far has been so nice you know Awesome. Um, awesome. I, I, I got to meet um, Michael Anthony from Van Halen at my, one of my jobs that I used to work at. Oh, wow. He's such a nice person, man. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like he would be an awesome cat. Like, just, he seems like he'd be really laid back at this point. Yeah, he is. He really, he really is a genuine nice guy. What is your biggest fear? Never being able to play music again. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I can't. There is not one single day where I don't pick up my guitar or listen to music or or just think of a music idea in my head like i i there i can't live without music definitely what about you steven i could say the same and also um I mean, just like, you know, just in general, like what I do, like, you know, like I love singing and I also, you know, like I like to be the best of what I can be. And, you know, I think if one day if we're like, I can't do that anymore, you know, that is a big fear. Definitely. I can, I can buy that. What do you invest too much time into? <laughs> Playing guitar. <laughs> 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 there, back when I first started playing guitar, I had this problem where I would sit there and try to, I, I'm, for the most part, I am self-taught, so I would sit there for about eight or nine hours trying to figure out the simplest um, scale runs, which I, at the time, I had no idea what they were, but the scary thing was, um, I would go sometimes without eating and I wouldn't even notice, and my mom at the time she told me she's like your skin's looking a little different like it's odd and this my actual the actual pigmentation of my skin was changing color because i wasn't eating oh wow yeah <laughs> that was kind of scary dude that's hardcore <laughs> as far as this question goes um like is it what do you invest in, invest in your time currently or what do you invest, invest in your time too much what do you what do you uh, invest too much time into just huh I mean, or what? I'm always what, what would others say that you invest too much time into? It'd probably be a better question. <laughs> yeah, actually, because um, <laughs> then, then uh, Joel still has the same answer. I'm sure <laughs> playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta make sure I look good everywhere I go, man. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's just the thing of you know. You can't just rock the battle vest. You have to rock the whole thing, right? Exactly. And, that, and that takes time. <laughs> All right. Rapid fire on this one. Denim or leather? Leather. Leather. Yeah. Rock on. What is something you've always wanted to do, but you don't have the coordination for? Oh, man. I mean, drumming. I wanted to be a drummer when I first wanted to pick up an instrument style of like beat on my feet compared to what I'm doing on my arms. Right. I can relate to that. I could probably say the same thing. I mean, sometimes dabble with the drums back when um our other guitar player had used to live closer to me, had his drum set set up there, so I would sit there a couple hours a day and just try to learn how to drum, but I couldn't even make the simplest drum beat. But after a while, you know, I kinda got the hang of it, but it's like drumming is so hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's definitely like a test of stamina. It's a test of uh, mental stability because being able to, to it's more than just a, a count. As I, you know, some people, you know, they feel this, and it's just like they have this inner metronome that's ridiculous. And some people have to work for that. <laughs> like I have to work for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I get that. What is the best album by your favorite band? White Snake '87 record. Anybody you ask, I will, they know already. Like that's my favorite record. Nice. Defenders of the Faith by Judas Priest. I literally have that tattooed on my arm. <laughs> I'm kind of torn on that personally because, like, I think their their albums are a little bit. Uh, whereas their their career as a whole is amazing, even into exactly. yeah, even into think, the I, '90s with the Ripper Owens stuff. Oh it, yeah, it's all I can amazing. Agree to that, yeah, but I think it's like. You know, they really had a stride through the late 70s to the early 90s before Rob left that, you know, just couldn't be touched. Um, and yeah, I, Defenders, I think, you know, there's, I think there's a group of people out there who absolutely love that album. And then I know a, quite a few other people that are just like, meh, but I think it's a great album as well. Yeah, yeah it's a great album. What's the last thing you watched on YouTube? <laughs> A uh, video about Michael Schenker. I think it was Doctor Doctor Unplugged. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was Mc, Mc, it was with Robin McCauley. I think that's a great live version. Nice. I'll have to check it out because that's part. That's one of my uh, seeing bands multiple times thing where you get like uh, Iron Maiden. They always uh, the last <laughs> thing played on their on the PA before they come out to play their show is Dr. Doctor. Yeah, I've, I've heard um, like stories where people think that Maiden have written that song. Like, they, they don't know that's a UFO song or a, that Michael Schenker wrote that song. Well, the interesting thing is is they actually covered that song with uh, Blaze Bailey. Oh, it was in the 90s, right? Yes, it was in like 98 when that happened. Yeah, so I can see why, but, you know, UFO's awesome. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What about you, Stephen? Uh, what's the last thing you watched on YouTube? Uh, well, last thing I watched before, was actually before I went to work, because I always, um, I always listen to music before I go to work, and, like, I'm getting ready, was Lost, Blind in Texas, so, <laughs> the music video. Right on, right on. Hell yeah. You know, that's one of the things that, as much as, you know, the, the culture of YouTube can kind of suck here and there, sometimes there's really good things about it. For example, you know, I actually just had ripped from YouTube Phantasm. Not the movie, the band Phantasm. Uh, are you familiar with Phantasm? No. Mm-mm. Phantasm is Ron McGovney from Metallica, you know, original, Metallica? original, oh, no. original, original bassist, along with Caton Depina from Hyrax. It was a band that they had in, oh, in, the, oh, wow. in the late 80s. And it's freaking awesome. Flip onto the Metal Archives. Find some of these bands that you're fans of and just see the other stuff that they've been in. Chances are, if you can't find a copy of it, you can find one on YouTube. Somebody has uploaded it. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. YouTube has everything that's like a hidden gem. <laughs> Definitely. What are you currently reading? Ooh, um, well, currently, I'm not reading anything, but the last thing I read was um, a book called Storm of Steel, which if you see on the la- on the on the on the set list for the album that's the opening track and that's what the that song is about right on I love it when uh, uh, other bands do that oh yeah I, I honestly think that reading books gives you inspiration not just in music but in almost anything in your day to day life for sure so uh, for me I actually um, I'm kind of going back back and forth with this but I'm reading the Cimmerillion uh, from the Lord of the Rings book I'm a big I'm a big fan when it comes to like like me m- stuff and like just really what i'm reading right on the the whole middle earth deal is like it gets really deep (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) yeah i mean it's almost too i don't know how to put it exactly it's it's almost like too magnanimous to describe oh yeah that, that there's so much into it um i remember when i was a kid and i saw just how thick those books were for lord of the rings I'm never gonna finish reading these things. <laughs> right, I know. I know, like the uh, the stand. If you get, if you listen to the audio book version of it, is 48 hours, and I'm pretty sure Jesus. I'm sure Lord of the Rings is the same way. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like you know because they're pretty pretty similar on page count so 
between all three books. Then he, then you have all his other that's stuff. That's the beauty of it. When, it doesn't matter how long it is. If it's, if it's something that's really windy, it'll just fly by. Oh, absolutely. Awesome trivia about that is uh, Sir Christopher Lee would reread the book yearly. He would just pick it up and be like, well, I'm going to read this again. And would reread it and reread it. <laughs> so when they cast him in the films as Saruman, they, he was pretty much considered a consultant to the mythos of Middle Earth because he, he was so in tune with everything. That's actually quite a know that. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. So another little trivia about Christopher Lee is that he actually sang on a metal record. Which oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, legend, man. He's, but he sang as like Christopher Lee doing like lines in a film. He's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like metal as hell. <laughs> um, that voice, man. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's a story out there where he talks about the death scene. Uh, spoiler alert for the film if you haven't seen it. It's, you know, it's 20 years old. Um, where he talks about the death scene where Grima stabs him in the back. And oh, yeah. the way it was, I don't know if, if you've heard this or not, but it's crazy. He had an issue with it. He like went to Peter Jackson and was like, so you have me uh, doing this and I'm supposed to be like, oh, and, and, and like the way they had written the scene, he's like, that's not how it would happen. And then he explained oh, wow. because, you know, being in like World War Two and stuff like that, he explained what the person would actually do when they were like stabbed in the back and how they would die. And it was just and Peter Jackson was like, well, OK, if that's and he was like mortified. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, thought, that's how it ended up in the film. Just listen to him. What's that? <laughs> Like at that point, I think you should just listen to everything that man said. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because uh, <laughs> Peter Jackson had said that it was like uh, like he was telling you from experience, which is That's a scary thing. fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. The last few questions are coming up, so you know what that means. It's time to take a break. We are on the 100th episode of The Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson, and I'm with Saber in Los Angeles, California, Holy shit, what an awesome time this has been. Hey, everybody, this is the Demolition Man from Venom Inc., and I'm just saying, Mark Jackson, his shows, they just hit 100. That's pretty fucking awesome. So keep supporting uh, to Mark and to all of you and to the shows. Happy 100. Hey, Metal Forge, this is Vanek. Just wanted to take the time to congratulate you on the 100 episodes. Cheers. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called the Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is the Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. Hey, this is Cam from Spell, and I am here to congratulate Metal Forge Radio on the milestone accomplishment of 100 episodes. You guys have been keeping it real for a long time, covering the heavy metal underground and all the greatest new bands that come out. We're talking acts like Vulture, Bat, High Spirit, Silver Talon, Rom, and of course my band, Spell. If you want to stay on top of the best new heavy metal acts as they emerge, check out Metal Forge Radio every Friday. What's up? It's Nick from Stonecutters, Warcloud, and Crypticam, and I just want to congratulate Metal Forge Radio on their 100th episode. That's pretty awesome. Here's to 100 more, guys. Cheers. What's your favorite word? Word. Huh. Vibes. Cool, man. <laughs> I think my out of the top of my head probably just be like awesome. Right on. Uh, yeah, I could deal with that. What food can you not stand? Um, I I, I don't know. I I eat I eat so much, man. I can eat almost anything. So 
I haven't found something I, I that repulses me. Oh, actually, you know what? I take that back. I, I, I hate pickles. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah, uh, not a, not a huge fan of them. I could, I could, <laughs> what about you, Steve? I mean, you got yeah, the worst I mean, food? Um, just cottage cheese. <laughs> uh, I'm not too big on cheese, man. Like right a couple on. things. I like regular. I like regular cheese. Cottage cheese. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like spoiled milk. Yeah. Without the smell. Not my thing, <laughs> Not my thing man. <laughs> Understandable. How can people get a hold of you guys? How can they like listen to music? How are they going to be able to pre-order the new album? Well, everyone everyone can do that. Link um, to our Bandcamp, saberheavymetal.bandcamp.com. And that's literally what we're going to use for this release. Um, everything's going to be available as far as merchandise goes and, and actually ways to get the album digitally. Right on. And as always, links are going to be listed below to the Instagram account, the Facebook page, and the Bandcamp page. So everybody needs to click those links and support these guys because they're fucking awesome. As you've been listening, you know they are now. So Also now, do you have any shout-outs you want to give? Um, Shout-out to Trevor, first and foremost. This band would not have survived COVID without him. Um, Shout-out to, by any miracle chance of this person who is this, John Sykes. I would not be playing guitar without him. Big influence on me. And to any local band in the scene right now, trying to support and keep music alive. You know, bands like Fortress, um, Serpent, Stellar, any of these bands you guys know, check them out. Definitely. As far as as far, as far as me, I can thank my my girlfriend Pearl. She's been with me since day one, since I first started. We've been together for twelve years. And um, shout out to Rob Halford for making me making me become like very addictive to singing. <laughs> and as far as like wanting to almost get to wanting to get to his level of just overall of like how he performs and everything big inspiration and yeah shout out to trevor man he it wasn't for him man um you know because we were lost at first when it came when covid hit and then you know he helped us set to the right direction to get this record out and yeah i could say shout out to any any um any musician artist anyone that's trying to fucking you know survive this thing man just keep writing music man it's all good it's all about making music and it's all about making content right now Shows can wait. Definitely. And that's content is key. Just everybody needs to remember that content is key. As you can put stuff out, people still have something to listen to. Exactly. Definitely. Steven, Joel, thank you guys so much for coming on to Metal Forge this week. Metal Forge number 100 has been awesome because of you guys and all of the listeners out there. So thank you so much for coming on. Now, we're going to try and play something off of the new album, right? Yes, yes sir. We are. What kind of note are we going to send the listeners out on today? We could send out Storm of Steel. First right. track off the record. Ooh, that's starting out strong with the first first song on the album here. Technically, you all, technically you guys are going to get the second track coming up, and on December thirty first, we have a sing. That's when the first single hits. So, give you guys a little treat on the first track. Oh, hell yeah! So here it is. This is Storm of Steel.
Musicians rejoice. Confused with all the modern and technical pedal board selections? Look no further. Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards offer their homemade wooden and custom pedal boards for guitarist and bassist alike. Established in 2013, KYHBPB has helped support not only the local Louisville scene, but a large array of big and small players from across the entire country. More info can be found at KentuckyPedalBoards.com. Hey everybody, thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge this week. I really appreciate every last one of you that listens. But before I go any further, I do want to tell you that we do have a Patreon page here. And there's three tiers. There's the Dion and Dirty Dollar tier. It's just a buck. Hey, you're not going to miss a buck. Nobody does. Then there's the $5 Showstoppers tier, which you get a patch, stickers, whatever we have that's in that price range. And then there's the $20 a month Master, where you can get a t-shirt, any size, any color of the Metal Forge logo. Fuck yeah. That's awesome stuff. Oh, and by the way, if you donate on there, guess what? You get the show two days in advance from everybody else. Thank you all so much. It's patreon.com slash metalforgeradio. Check it out and donate today. I love you guys. Thank you. Long live the fucking Metal Forge.